Let's just begin to enter in into his presence. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We give you glory, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you today, Lord. We just thank you, God, Lord, that we can come into the house of God. Lord, that we can come with an expectation. Lord, that we can come and just let faith be just supernaturally just downloaded. Just let our faith rise today, Lord, in your presence, Lord. Let our faith rise, Lord. Rise to the heavens, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Just come, Lord. Just come, oh, Lord. We give you all the glory today, Lord. Jesus, we just honor you and we worship you. Lord, come and inhabit, inhabit the praises of your people today, Lord. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's worship.
faith rise in your heart. When I call your name, you always come. You always come. You always come. Even now, today, Lord. You Hey! 
situation today. Sing it out. Pain is rising up. Over your finances, over your marriage. Pain is rising up. Come on, touch us today, Lord. Pain is rising up. Over my body. Pain is rising up. As I fix my eyes on you. Pain is rising up. Pain. Pain is in the glory. They seize what only God sees. I'll fix my eyes on you. Your promise will be fulfilled. Pain is in the glory. trouble, in hardships, yes, in sleepless nights, when in distress and in sorrow. Everyone say, I choose joy.
anger, fear, anxiety. That darkness comes. Oh, he wants to break it off of you even now in this place. Just lift your hands. There is a chain-breaking anointing in this place right now. Oh, where the enemy has had a place, a foothold. Jesus is here to set you free. Jesus is here to shine the light in those dark places. Come on, just surrender those things to the Lord. Just surrender. Just lift your hands in worship. Oh, lift your voice in praise. Come on. Come on, saints, if you have your prayer language, just begin to intercede. Just begin to intercede in your prayer language for those in us. Oh, in this place, I need to be set free from depression. Oh, from fear. Oh, we speak to it right now. It has to go in the name of Jesus. It has no place in this place. Keeping it in our soul, in my sheep. Just let those voices, let your voices. Those who haven't laughed in a long time, just laughter is just going to well up. Oh, you say, why am I laughing? Because God is good. <laughs> oh, because when he comes upon you, oh, the sadness goes. He changes our perspective. He changes what we see. Woo, hey, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Speaks to 
let's just take a moment and pray together. I just want you to pray right now. Just think of somebody. It's, it won't be hard. Somebody that's pressing upon your heart right now, whether they're in need of salvation or deliverance from drugs or alcohol, healing in their body, miracle in their marriage. Just think of somebody right now. Let's just pray together. I just want as a body of Christ, let's just lift up. Let's just lift up our family. Let's lift up our community. Let's lift up those in our, in our circles and our people that we're touching and, and walking and journeying with week after week. Let's just begin to lift them up right now in the name of Jesus. Just go ahead and lift up your voices and begin to pray for somebody today in the name of the Lord. Just go ahead and lift up your voices. Lift up your voices. Pray for them. Just call upon the Lord and call out their name to Jesus. Lord, we just thank you today, Lord. We thank you, Lord. God, we give you glory and honor, Lord. We just thank you, God, for just freedom, Lord. Freedom from, Lord, substance abuse. Those in our community that are just believing you and just striving to to be freed and delivered from just substance abuse in the name of Jesus, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would strengthen, Lord, that you would empower, that you'd give them the, the strength, that you just, Lord, we just ask for just setting them free in the, the name of Jesus, Lord. But, Lord, just the determination, Lord, the mindset to press through the hard moments, the hard days in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, the family members that are surrounding these people, that just the love of God would prevail, Lord, the patience of the Holy Spirit, Lord, would just be abundant in the name of Jesus, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. We are asking you, Lord, for deliverance, Lord. Deliverance from substance abuse, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, we give you glory, Lord. Lord, we give you honor for those in our family and, our, and connected to us, Lord, that we're continuing to believe for salvation salvation in their life, Lord. Lord, that the light of the gospel of Christ would just burst forth in their heart, Lord, that they would believe upon the Son of God, Jesus, the Savior, Lord. Lord, we're asking you for mercy today, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Mercy for family members, Lord. Mercy for for neighbors, Lord. Mercy, Lord, for co-workers, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, give us a heart of compassion, Lord. Lord, give us empathy, Lord. Give us eyes to be able to see them, Lord, as you see them. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. God, we give you all the glory today, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We give you glory and honor today. You are able, Lord. You say that with me today. Say, Jesus, you are able. Jesus, nothing is impossible with you, Lord. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen. everybody one more time said, amen. amen, amen. Find somebody, give somebody some love this morning. Cross over, get on your feet, grab yourself a refresh cup. Love on somebody today. Make sure you, it's care month. So let's get somebody at the care table back there. And if you haven't had your picture taken or something updated, we can squeeze one or two in right now as well.
right. Well, let's go ahead and find our seats. Let's go ahead and find our seats, everyone. Good morning and welcome to the house of the Lord. Good to be in God's house. Amen. Better to be in God's house than Tiger Stadium, I'm told. That's a true story, right? This month is care month, which means that we're just collecting and updating data and information. And so please, as somebody politely and lovingly harasses you to get some of your information updated in our database, please give them a little time so they can snap your photo and get your birthday and your children's names, and those of you who like to slip between the cracks. Help us out there. That'll be for the duration of September. Today at 4 o'clock, we will be at Coop Drive for a Sunday afternoon outreach service. And so, yes, it is an outreach. Yes, it is a service. And yes, it is at Coop Drive at 4 o'clock right down the road. So another, another opportunity to get into church as well as just, you know, we just need to get outside these four walls. Can somebody say amen? amen. I mean, we're, just, we're not looking for anything except just being faithful, getting out to the highways and the byways and just obeying the Lord, getting out of these walls on at Coop Drive, we hit the playground and just invite people in. We have some games for the kids, some food, and, and um, we sweat a little bit. We worship a little bit. We preach a little bit, and we have church. And so that'll be today at 4 o'clock right down the road. On September 21st is Women's Night, and so that's not this coming Wednesday, but the following and then the following weekend after that is our next refreshing weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with Pastors Joe and Becky Cruz, longtime worship family revival 
family in the body of Christ. So that'll be a powerful weekend. And then lastly, October 7th is our, I think this is actually our first. I mean, this is another first this year. So we'll be having our first annual women's retreat. And so we do a lot, obviously, with women and men and different things, but we decided we got to go ahead and do a women's retreat. That's a one night only October 7th, Solomon's Retreat Center down the road. So um, get signed up for that already. All right, I'm, I'm, um, I'm pumped. I'm ready for it today and praise them. I'm ready. So hold on. And, but before we, before we jump into the word today, I do have a, an offering, um, teaching, offering thought for us today as our strategy here. If you're new among us, I do like to take one Sunday a month and and, and come with us with an offering teaching. I just don't feel the urge or the conviction to have to do that every week as maybe some of us are used to. But um, once a month, I like to come and, and bring a, a word from the Lord as is pertaining to the Lord's provision and our finances in our life. I've got a couple scriptures for us in Matthew, um, I'm sorry, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. It's a popular scripture, but we're just going to really zero in. After I read the, the whole thing, we're going to zero in on those first seven words of that verse in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, where it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing until it overflows. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12. Deuteronomy 28, verse 12. The Lord will open for you his good storehouse. Oh, that's a good word right there. The Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand, and you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. One more passage in Job chapter 38, verse 22 says, Have you entered the storehouses of the snow, or have you seen the storehouses of hail? Speaking of those storehouses which are in the heavenlies. And, and we can see the common theme right there is that I just want to take just a couple moments and just remind us and encourage us of the storehouse of the Lord. And, you know, our, our God has a storehouse for everything that's needed. And I, I love Job here in that, the book of Job here, that question asking if we've seen the storehouses of snow and or of hail, but specifically when it comes to talking about the storehouses of the Lord, really just bringing it down and making it practical, you know, making our giving part of our retirement planning by storing up in God's storehouses. And I just had, I was just, I was just pondering this the other day as it comes to me, and like all of us, we have, 
you know, some months that are tighter than others? Does that only happen to, to my family or who else does that happen to in here, right? That happens to a lot of us where all of a sudden, you know, we, we're operating as normal and then for whatever reason this month, whether it's birthdays, whether it's something, un, you know, unexpected popped up in our life and all, all of a sudden next thing you know, you're, you're squeezing. Everybody say you're squeezing. You're eating beanie weenies. Raymond noodles, maybe some, um, what's the other little, sardines. You got some MRIs stored up in your closet back from Ida or Katrina. MREs, I'm sorry. <laughs> what's an MRI? <laughs> oh, it's a scan, right? Wrong, wrong acronym. There we go. Moving on. You got some MREs, you know. Sorry to all our military folk out there. I'm trying my hardest. I remember the MREs from Katrina. We ate a lot of those. All of us kept a few of those in our basement storage, you know, just in case for a a rainy day. But, um, I mean, the reality is this, and, and forgive me for just speaking it just plainly and bluntly just one time, but our world, this world, is doomed to financial ruin. I mean, in, in the end, as it all plays out, it's doomed to financial ruin, except we as the people of God have a better way to plan for our life, to plan for retirement, to plan for the days that are ahead. I mean, we all dream about that, that proverbial, you know, retirement day. Y'all, if I could ask y'all to scream it out now, what that looks like, it'd be amazing the different things that we would hear about what retirement looks like for some of us. It's actually one of the aspects this week that really just struck me about the, the passing of Queen Elizabeth in that Man, this, this lady, 96 years old, just, just, just trucking along, performing her duties. 96 years old, just performing her duties. I saw one clip that said, you know, her entire life was a, a life of official photos, right? Any photo that, that was taken of the queen was an official photo, it seemed like. But just, just walking it all the way to the end. You know, the Bible says in those three passages that I read, there's three at the beginning of each one of those passages. Actually, there's, there's, there's something about the storehouse that I just want us to get into our heart today. It says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. It says, the Lord will open for you his good storehouse. And it says, have you entered into the storehouses, speaking of the storehouses of the Lord. And, and what I just want to get into your hearts today is that, is that God has storehouses filled with provision for his people. Not only for his people, he has storehouses filled with provision for this earth. Until the earth sees its last and until it's made new after it's destroyed, the Lord has within his storehouses provision for the people of God. And I just want to encourage us today, and, you know, rather in 
depending upon social security. Blessed social security. Whether than, rather than depending upon just our, our, our IRA, and I, you know, of course, none of us should be looking at our, our IRAs or our, any, our 401s or whatever account you have in the markets right now. Right now, you're just sort of closing your eyes, right? You're not, you're not looking at them unless you're one of, those, one of those weird geniuses that saw it all coming and you were able to get on the flip side of it. But rather than putting our trust in these things, how about we as a people of God put our planning and our trust in God's storehouses? I'm not saying abandon all else. I, like you, have my systematic monthly contributions to my different savings or investment things like like any person should, whether it's five bucks a month or $5,000 a month, you know, we should be, we should be saving because he who gathers little by little makes it grow. Amen. Amen. So that's just part of being responsible steward of what God has given us. But I would say this on those months when the beanie weenies are calling out to us and the MREs are once again being resurrected, the thing that you don't want to pinch on is the storing up in God's storehouses. There's months where in our family we'll have our, our life savings monthly thing. We'll have our vacation Christmas savings. We'll have our, our of course, at the front end of that is our, our giving. And on those tight months, you know, my wife and I know we've got it agreed upon. It's like, what goes first? Well, you know, extra spending, vacation, those, those savings. Oh, sorry, baby, this month. This month, it's, we're not doing that this month. We got to get this paid for. We got to make sure we're doing this. But here, investing and sowing into God's storehouse, we should never miss the opportunity to sow into the storehouse of God for our future and for our retirement. So let's never retire, kind of as the good queen. Let's never retire from doing good. Let's never plan to retire from giving. And let's make giving a part of our retirement planning in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Now you got to give it to me a little bit better than that. Everybody said? All right. With that, worship team, go ahead and come. We're going to give you the opportunity to return the tithe and sow a seed in the house of the Lord. We have our ties and offering boxes here to my left and right. There's one at the back. And of course, we have on our overhead how we can give electronically into the house of the Lord in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you today, Lord, for just the opportunity, Lord, to continue to sow into the storehouse of heaven. Lord, that you would just continue to be faithful. Lord, faithful to provide, faithful to pour out the provision needed and the time needed in your time, Lord. And Jesus, we just give you all the glory and all the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. As the worship team leads us, please go ahead and return your tithe and bring your seed into the house of the Lord.
Confident.
our feet. Thank you, Lord. We're just going to pray now over the Lord's tithe, the seed we sow, just continuing to be thankful and, and believe in the Lord for his provision for our life. Lord Jesus, we just give you all the glory today, Lord. We thank you for your faithful hand, Lord, your faithful provision, Lord, that just flows from the storehouses of heaven, Lord. And Jesus, today we just take and we return your tithe, Lord. God, we just take and we sow in faith, Lord. We just sow our seed into the house of God, into the soil, Lord, and we just continue believing you, grabbing a hold, Lord, and believing you, God, for provision to be poured out abundantly, Lord, for life, for godliness, for all the things that we need for life, Lord. And Jesus, we just give you all the glory. We give you all the honor, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have your seats, please. Let's go ahead and dive into a word from the Lord today and entitled, Go to Jesus for Strength. Go to Jesus for Strength. You know, for the past few weeks, quick review with some of the messages that we've been ministering on from Hebrews 11, Hebrews 12, eyes on Jesus, Jesus' perseverance, enduring the cross, Jesus as being the example of faith and looking unto Jesus, how our faith is energized by the power of God. And today we're just going to continue to Go to Jesus, and we're going to continue to look upon him, starting with Ephesians in chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, one of our beloved scriptures. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Hallelujah. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. For by faith you have been saved through faith, not that of ourselves, it is the gift of God. Faith in the real world that we live in, you know, it was never our faith that enabled us to believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, to begin to receive all the different blessings and provisions that we have received from his bountiful hand as we're journeying this faith journey. All the faith in our life is a gift of God. Two people like that. Remember, we were talking to y'all about talking last week. Amen. Becky's not here this week, so y'all going to have to step up. Y'all going to have to step up, fill, this, fill the gap. Come on. All faith is a gift from God. Imparted from Christ, given graciously 
to all people as a measure, but the fruit being demonstrated through the people of God. We cannot generate faith or work it up or somehow manufacture it ourselves. As in Hebrews chapter 11 in verse 40 gave us just a quick little glimpse after reading about all these heroes of faith. At the very end of that chapter in verse 40, God having provided something better for us. God having provided something better for us. Here we are in this time, in this age where Jesus has provided something better for the people of God. We're going to look at a few points today as we just dive all around and I'm excited and hoping that one or two of these will will really be life impacting to you. But the first one will be learning to trust in Jesus. Number two is going to be making intimate contact with Jesus. Number three is going to be the almighty God shall provide the strength that you need. Number four is going to be looking at the secret of the one whom Jesus loved. And we're going to end with some really mess you up type of quotes from Hudson Taylor's spiritual secrets. And But starting from number one, learning again to trust in Jesus as we go to him for our strength. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall make straight your paths. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts in you. Learning to trust in Jesus. This is an ongoing, you could even say a lifelong pursuit of learning to rely upon the Lord. It's one that, of course, like many things, it's easier said than done. When Proverbs 3, 5 says, do not lean on your own understanding. When every day of our life, our understanding is like trying to jump on our back and take over the show. Do not lean on, rely on, or trust in our own understanding of the things that we're walking through day after day. Trusting in Jesus for all our needs. Trusting in Jesus for all our strength. That Jesus might impart the faith needed into our life. Talking to Jesus about our sorrows, about our victories, about our woes, about our defeats. 
coming into the sanctuary of his presence where we find rest for our souls and freedom from the noise without and even the noise from within. So amazing how coming and and trusting upon the Lord, learning how to go to Jesus first. I was refreshing as I was going through some Hudson Taylor writings, reminded of somewhere in there is either Hudson Taylor or Dr. Price, but reminded of George Mueller, that that great man of faith who who started this these orphanages and and built these homes to care for orphanages. And this man, this man better than most of us, never did a fundraising campaign in his whole life. Never sent a fundraising letter, they say. Never, never went asking people for anything, yet spent millions in his lifetime in building the facilities and in providing the food and the clothing needed to provide for thousands of orphans. When we're talking about learning to trust in Jesus, well, it appears that some do it a little better than others. But yet we're all on this same journey of needing to and learning how to trust in the Lord. You see, making intimate contact with Jesus is, is where this trust is is begun to be formed in our life. It's not, it's not going to come just from, our, from an intellectual standpoint, but it's going to come from touch. It's going to come from touching him, as in Philippians 3, verse 10 says, that I may know him. Everybody say, know him. And the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed, to his death, that I may know him. When you look at this, this little phrase, this word here, it, it, it brings us right back to learning to trust Jesus because to know him, it actually implies learning to know him. That I, as a child of God, as a man and woman of God, that I may be ever learning to know our precious Lord and Savior, that I may be ever coming to know, that I may be ever increasing in my knowledge and in my feel of him. It's a knowing him intimately, not a knowing him just of somebody else. Even in a Hebrews chapter 11, it's all the stories of those heroes of faith. They're, they're awesome, right? But if they stop there at their, those stories of heroes of faith, then what, what do we then have tangible for us today? But, but verse 40, the Lord has given and provided something better for his people. I'm going to have a few quotes today from Hudson Taylor because as many of us would already know with this particular historical figure, man of faith, Christian of faith and believing God, we know, we know what 
he did, and sometimes we don't always know of his struggles in doing it. But Hudson Taylor said in, in his days there in China, he said, I poured out my soul before God. Again and again, confessing my grateful love to him who has done everything for me. I sought him to give me some work to do for him as an outlet for love and gratitude. I love how he said that. I sought the Lord. It wasn't seeking the work to somehow make us feel good before the Lord. I sought the Lord that he would give me some opportunity that I could display my love and gratitude for what he has done in my life. This is the words, and and we're going to begin to feel some of the heartbeat of this man today who, who obviously had an intimate contact with the Lord. The limitless possibilities that intimate contact with Christ brings into our life. Once we come and touch him and and we learn how we have access into his presence in our, in our secret place. That we can come and we can actually enter in and we can actually experience him. We can have this intimacy and through this intimacy comes all these possibilities. You know, a horrible illustration, but one that never fails to, to make a point. Just imagine you had intimate access in relationship to your favorite billionaire. Just think about it. We all have to walk through money struggles and paying for houses and paying for education and raising children and working our jobs. How much would all that change if just we had just one intimate access into somebody with unlimited resources in this life. And of course, we know we do have a heavenly father with unlimited storehouses in heaven. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy that, as I was sharing with a friend the other day, I like fountain pens. Anybody else like fountain pens? One, two, three, four, five. I know we're a weird group. Yes, they actually still make fountain pens. They're like, fountain pens? You mean, isn't that one of those little felt things that you dip in? They still have those too. Those are cool. I don't use those. I have fountain pens. What's that? (laughs) Nothing shy in you. (laughs) I have a nice collection of fountain pens. None of which I bought myself. Sorry. <laughs> I've bought of my of my little collection of fountain pens, I've bought one pen for myself in 28 years since I got turned on to fountain pens. And or probably 25 years. And the reason why I have this this 
sort of enjoyment of fountain pens is from an intimate connection in my life. And a friend in my life who, who turned me on to the pleasure of writing with a really nice pen. And once you start writing with a fountain pen, you hardly ever go back to a regular pen. And as a result, this, this connection has just, like, whenever I see this person over 25 years, I inevitably walk away with a fountain pen. Just one of those things, right? And one of those little silly examples of what intimacy of relationship does in a life. I mean, I would have never known what a fountain pen was had it not been from this relationship or had never grown to enjoy and even give occasional gifts of fountain pens to others had it not been for the intimacy of this connection. And therefore, when we as the people of God, when we start making this intimate connection with Christ, intimate, everybody say intimate. We were singing a song that, that sometimes might, we're not going to take a survey today, but that last worship song might be some, one that, that not all guys in the house can just sing so freely. I am his bride, you are my bridegroom. And that's all I remember right now on the spot. <laughs> I am preparing a play. Anyway, moving on. It's about intimacy. Male, female, it's about intimacy with Christ. We can begin to see this, and we see it all the way back from the initiation of the covenant with Abram, becoming Abraham, all the way into New Testament times, which we'll see in a moment. But it's about having this intimate connection with our Savior that we've been given access to because lose this connection, lose this contact, which you have free access to any time you need as a child of God, lose it, don't avail of it, and there goes victorious life. We are dependent upon this intimate connection with Christ for all things needed for life. Our strength, our hope, our faith, all our joy, our peace. The list goes on and on. It all comes from this intimacy of relationship with Christ. Equally horrible illustration, but all illustrations are, are pale in complexion too when you start talking about intimacy with Christ. But even the new technology today, you take your phone and on that, those new phones, and man, you don't even have to plug anything in anymore, Right? You just take and put it on top of the charger. And that touch, that closeness, charges that thing up so that it can go on being used for however long until it needs to charge once again. Hudson Taylor went on to say, he said, how blessed he did lead me. I can never, never tell. It was like a continuation of some of my 
earlier experiences at home talking about when he had first met the Lord in Britain before he had moved to China. My faith was tried, but oh, I was learning to know him. He became so real to me. He became so intimate to me. I strove for faith, but it, it would not come. I tried to exercise it, but in vain. Yet seeing more and more of the wondrous supply of grace laid up in Jesus. The fullness of our precious Jesus. The fullness of our precious Savior. My guilt and helplessness seem to increase. We're going to follow on with that in a minute. That's going to stir you up in your heart and your thinking a little bit. But we go to Abraham now at Genesis 17. Just one scripture with Abraham. And at that crucial final moment in his life before the promise was to just come bursting forth after waiting so long for it. In Genesis 17, 1, it said, when Abram was 99 years old, everybody say 99. 99. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, now remember where we are here. We are, we are decades past him obeying and leaving and going out to the promised land. We are, we are decades past that point and He's still believing God, yet his body now without strength, his wife's body now without the ability. And the Lord comes and says something to Abraham that will forever change him and forever be a revelation for the people of God when he said, I am almighty God. Walk before me. And be blameless. Simple enough. Sounds pretty straightforward. I am Almighty God. What was the Lord really telling Abraham? It gets a little almost PG 13 when we dig into it a little bit. Because what God was really saying to Abraham when he was completely out of his ability to do it any longer, he came to the end of his fleshly abilities. What God was telling him was, I am El Shaddai. Not just in our English vocab, I'm the Almighty God, but I am El Shaddai, which means that I am God Almighty. And when you begin to just dig into it, he was telling to Abraham, I am El Shaddai, which is your primary source of all strength and all satisfaction that you will ever need. He was saying, 
I am your strengthener. Remember what today's title is. We go to Jesus for strength. Lean not on your own understanding. And we can put it in light of Abraham's 99-year-old body. Lean not on your own strength. I am El Shaddai. But it doesn't stop there. We begin to dig in a little further and many of us know some of these very crucial meanings to these important words, El and Shaddai. But El is the simple word for God, used for God and his power and his omnipotent presence and power. The word Shaddai is a plural word. And what this word means is it denotes and is referring to a woman's breast. You go look it up right there. Shaddai, plural, for a lady's breast. But think about this. God is telling the covenant bearer, I am El Shaddai, your almighty provider and satisfier. Telling a man who was weak and unable to produce what it is that he thought he had to produce, now God was looking at him and saying, it's hard to kind of say this too many times, I am your source of provision like a lady's is a source of provision for her children. I am the source for the promise to come forth. This is the place where strength it derived from where nourishment comes from when we think of just a small child and all they know is that they wake up hungry and incapable of feeding themselves. They need their mother to come and their mother comes and begins to offer nourishment, offer strength to that helpless child. If we were to go on and continue to translate this correctly and maybe a little boldly, it would read something like this. I am the almighty God. I am El Shaddai. I, even I, am the omnipotent God of many breasts. I am the omnipotent God with all the provision you need for life. I am the omnipotent God with all the strength that you need. It comes from me as a baby suckling on his mother's provision. Now we start getting into intimacy. Now 
we've swung from the very beginning. From the very beginning. It doesn't get any more intimate than the almighty El Shaddai God looking at the covenant bearer and saying that, come and get what you need from my breast. It gets no more intimate than that. We're going to swing over now into the New Testament because there's one who got it. There's one out of all. Got it. Got it. We'd always wondered. And, and for some of us, as we begin to go and, and look at that, that apostle whom they say the one that Jesus loved in John 13, 23 and through 25, it says, Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. And verse 24, Simon Peter mentioned to him to ask who it was of whom he, Jesus, spoke. In verse 25, then he, John, leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? You see, John, throughout Jesus' journey and time upon the earth, as the disciples began to follow him, John became known as the man who would relax and lean upon the bosom of Christ. Now, to the natural man and even to the, to the world, this looks a little awkward. Right? Right, David? A little awkward. Don't come over. Don't go leaning, you know? It's, it's a little awkward. Come on, just admit it. It's a little weird. You come to men's night and like we're kind of reclining on, you know, you're like, you're not coming back to men's night. Right, guys? It's weird. It's strange. John didn't seem to mind because he had a revelation. He had a revelation that, that he was acting upon that would forever be a picture for the church and for the body of Christ. Why, John, are you there leaning upon the Savior's breast? John, will you just get off his breast? Come on, John, please. It's making me a little uncomfortable. Peter wasn't there. Peter was, you know, sticking his foot in his mouth and swinging swords. Man, man, but there's, there's John. When Peter needed some information, you know who he calls upon? When Peter wanted some, some more revelation, you know who he called upon? There John was, just leaning upon the breast and the bosom of Christ. Intimacy with Christ. John got the revelation. John, John, John knew his Hebrew, as I'm sure all the disciples did, but, but John was bold enough, full of faith, courageous enough to set 
the example of just spending. Whenever they were together, there John was as close as he could possibly get. You couldn't get any closer to Jesus than John positioned himself. For it's at this place of intimate contact, suckling, if you would, from the Lord, all provision as being his children, all things we need, unspeakable joy, the deep things of God. It's not just for John, but it's for every man and woman of God who has now been given this same access to intimacy, to suckle from the Lord, to come as if like a baby to his mother, to begin to get the nourishment and the strength that one needs. John never stopped leaning on Jesus's breath even after the Lord had ascended back to heaven. He maintained that posture in his heart, and, and it's, it becomes obvious as to the revelations that began to be downloaded into this man's heart that by the Holy Spirit he pinned and passed on to generations to come. It's a place of safety and strength. It's a place of sustenance. When we find ourselves in situations that seem unbearable, hear me today, people of God. When we find ourselves in situations that seem unbearable, yet we need to bear it. We've got to bear it. It is our Christian duty, yet it's our Christian access that requires us to lean upon, to trust in, to take from all we need from intimacy with Christ, to come before him as a babe to a mother, so that we can get the strength that's so needed for the task that's at hand. We need to go back to leaning on the breast of the Lord. Hudson Taylor, as we conclude with just a few various thoughts from a letter that was written to Hudson Taylor from a dear friend, John McCarthy, also in China at the same time. After years of Hudson Taylor struggling to live out holiness, to walk right before the Lord in a longing for better days and fruitful ministry as, as this man if you know anything about his life or you don't really need to, just think about ministry in a, in a communist nation. It was a constant struggle. 
We read about him today and men and women like him as men and women of heroes of the faith, contemporary type of heroes of the faith, yet when they are in the midst of it, trust me, they're not sitting there thinking to themselves, I'm a hero of the faith. <laughs> they're just walking out day by day, Amen. believing God. And go read. I would encourage anybody to read Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret. They've condensed volumes and volumes into, a, into an easier read, and you can get a good glimpse into his life. Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret. And it was after years of him struggling and having deep conversations with his dear companion, John McCarthy, where his friend, not Hudson, John wrote to Hudson one day from a different city there in China. And though we don't have time to read the four-page, five-page letter, there's a few thoughts that I pulled out of it for us here this morning. John says, I do wish I could have a talk with you now about the ways of holiness. At the time you were here speaking to me about it, it was the subject of all others occupying my thoughts. Not from anything I read so much as from a consciousness of failure, a constant falling short of that which I felt should be aimed. One of Hudson Taylor's continual communications to, to John was he just felt like he was failing, felt like he wasn't reaching people, felt like he wasn't living well enough for the Lord and they would have these deep theological conversations of, of holiness and, and how to walk in a manner pleasing to the Lord. And John just felt pressed to come to him with some heavy, heavy, encouraging, but heavy words. He says, do you know, I now think that the striving the longing, the hoping for better days to come is not the true way to holiness or happiness or usefulness. It's where it gets quiet. He says, the Lord Jesus received his holiness begun. The Lord Jesus cherished his holiness advancing. The Lord Jesus counted upon as never absent would be holiness complete. It is defective. Defective faith which clogs the feet, and causes many to fall. John then goes on to say, this last, he had been mulling on this last thing that he told Hudson, 
And he said, I think, <laughs> I love the, the, the honesty of the writing. He says, I think I now fully endorse that last thing that I just said. To my loving Savior, his work in me, my satisfaction is what I live for by his grace. Abiding in not striving or struggling. Looking often to him. Trusting him for present power. Resting in the love of an almighty Savior. It's heavy words coming from two men in the thick. In the thick of ministry. How then to have our faith increased? As John continues, only by thinking often of all that Jesus is and all that he has for us. His life, his death, his work. He himself has revealed to us in the word and is to be the subject of our constant thoughts. Not a striving to have faith, but I'm looking after the faithful one. Looking after him seems to be all we need. A resting in the love one entirely for time and all eternity has for us. And then it concludes with Hudson Taylor wrote afterwards about the impact of these words. He says, as I read, I saw it all. I looked to Jesus. And when I saw him, oh, how joy flowed. Hudson marks this as one of the, the pivotal points in his ministry from, from days of struggling and travailing and, and always just really being too hard upon himself with these simple encouraging words to, to look to Jesus, look to him often, go to him often, for from him flows all things from his Rest flows all things we need for life in Jesus' name. Go ahead and stand to your feet if you would. Hallelujah. Woo. It's one of the quieter endings. Thank you, Lord. Uh, just as you stand, just close your eyes and open your hearts and just look. Look right now, look to Jesus and go to Jesus right now. Go to Jesus right now. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Not a striving or a struggling. Hallelujah. But a going to Jesus and just coming intimately, coming close and leaning upon him puts a whole new, a whole new visual to, to lean upon the Lord. Trust not in your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. Trusting in the Lord, leaning upon the Lord, leaning upon him, leaning upon him <laughs> for intimacy, for sustenance, for faith to rise up, for the struggle. Lay down the struggle. Don't let the struggle become the struggle become the goal. We lay it down before the Lord. Lay your struggle down today in the name of Jesus. Lay your struggle down today and just come. Lay any hardness down today. Lay disappointment down today in the name of Jesus. It's not that it's all going to disappear. We know that. But we can lay it down. We can place it at the feet of the Lord. We can come and snuggle up close to the Lord. And, and when we see Him, when we touch Him, when we know Him more and more, when we're learning to know Him, when we're learning His intimacy, when we're learning His presence, when we're learning how to boldly come and access, access His presence. Oh, we worship You, Lord. We need you, God. We need you, my Lord. You know, some of us just need to come. Just come to these altars right now. If you need to be here, no specific, no specific call other than one of just you need intimacy. You need intimacy with Christ. Just come. Just come up to these altars just to find a place, just as a, as a means of stepping out, as a means of responding as a means of just responding to what the Lord is, is just doing in your heart. You can sit, stand, kneel, lie, whatever, whatever you like. Just but step out. Just come to this. I just, I'm just sensing a real precious intimacy, intimacy of the Lord's presence just in this place right now. At this, whew, at this moment, thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. And intimacy. You need intimacy. You need intimacy. Just step out. Just come. You're sitting there battling in your, your mind and your heart right now. Well, what is that going to do? Well, just go ahead and come. Just come and find a place of intimacy. Find a place to just sit with him. Just spend some time. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Intimacy, Lord. Ah, just let each person on their own just come. Each person by themselves. Just coming, just with Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Intimacy, Lord. Just come, oh Lord. Your intimacy, Christ, just, just come in flooding the heart and the mind, the spirit, Lord. Just come and just 
like a babe that just needs to come to their mother and just get that, that sustenance, get that nourishment that they need. Just come, just come and, oh, just snuggle up with the Lord. I know it, sound, it might sound a little casual. It might sound, but it's not. It's a holy place. It's a holy place. It's a holy place to come boldly and to let, let our guard down. Let our guard down. Just let your guard down in the name of Jesus. Just let your guard down. Oh, just come, my Lord. We need you, God. We need you, Lord. Just Jesus, we invite you. By your precious Holy Spirit, Lord. Precious Holy Spirit, just come to your people, Lord. Just come, my Lord, magnifying Jesus. Just magnifying Jesus. Just come, my Lord. Just magnifying Jesus. Glory to your name. Lord, we ask you in the mighty name of Jesus that your presence, that your closeness would just increase, Lord, in every every hungry heart, Lord, like a, like a babe that hungers, hungers for another feeding, Lord. We just let hunger, let hunger, let hunger arise, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Just come, oh Lord. We need you, Jesus. We give you glory and honor today, Lord. What a precious, a precious atmosphere of freedom. Whoo, a precious atmosphere of laying the struggle down. Laying it down, laying it down and trusting, abiding, abiding in Him, in the mighty name of Jesus. Just abiding in the Lord. Oh, la, la, ba, ya, na, na. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We give you glory. Lord, we give you glory. I'm going to invite you just to stay, those who have come and those who else would like to come and just join this is just any time you would like, just come and, and spend some time. We're going to worship for a while. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry to get up and go anywhere. Just let, this is just a time of intimacy with Christ at this altar. Let's just try to just respect this, this altar area and just allow people to just spend some, some intimate time with Christ as we, as we conclude. But we're going to spend some time in worship. And if you still want to come, you can. Lord, we just thank you today, Lord. We thank you for your sweet, sweet presence. Lord, just the soberness of your presence, Lord, the soberness of, oh, of your reality in this place, Lord. God, we just give you all the glory, Lord. Just continue to be magnified in our lives, in our walk with you, Lord, in our families. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Please remain at the altars as long as you like. And if you would like to come, you can join as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I saw him, I fell at his feet. He laid his right hand upon me. For those who need to go, God bless you. You are dismissed if you would like to go. I am the first
Is a 